Hello. Uh, my name is Allison Treadaway. Um, I have the privilege of, of volunteering with a nest. I've been um, I've been a part of the nest for about seven years now. It used to be called Building Blocks, but way back when. And so I just I love this thing. So I'm so excited that you're here. Um, if you didn't know, you signed up for the nest, and that stands for nurture, encourage, strengthen, and train, because that's our heart. Um, that is um, what this ministry is all about. It's for you, mom of young children, and sometimes there's some daddies in the room, but I think, I think we're strictly female today, other than baby boys, maybe. Um, but that's what we're here for, is to help nurture, encourage, and strengthen, and train you so you can go home and do the same with your family um, and have a little bit of direction for this parenting thing. Um, so a couple of announcements. If you are new, I'm so glad that you're here. And ladies, if you're in line for food, I get it. You're great. Please get your refreshments and then have a seat. Um, if you're new, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're a regular attender, I'm glad you're back. And so just keep your eyes open for those that look a little you know, like this isn't familiar to them, so we can make them feel welcome. Um, on your table are a couple of important items. Um, if, you know, you need a pen or a name tag, it's there. But there's a note card, a postcard that looks like what's on the screen. That is um, for the year. And so on the front is our theme, which you're going to hear unpacked today. And then on the back of it is a list of all of our dates. And so flip it over Get one or two so you can hand out to a friend, but look at the back. It's really important. There are two events now a month. Did you hear me? There are two events a month now. The, the Plano campus has started the nest. Watermark, this church has three locations, Plano, Fort Worth, and here. And the Plano campus has started one. And it's not very far from here. Um, it's not very far from here. So there are two dates. We meet typically the first Friday, and then the Plano group meets um, the, the third Friday of the month. And so if it happens that, that that date is better for you, feel free to sign up. You'll go to the same place to register, and it'll list two dates. But please note, you can only register your child or your children for one event a month. So make sure you hear that really clearly. You can only register to attend one event a month, your children. You can go to both if you'd like, but you got to get your own child care for one of them. We do cross-check that merely because we want as many women attending these events as possible. So we ask that you, and child care is the number one um, deterrent to attending. And so we just ask that you only use that once a month. Um, that being said, when you go to register, this is really important, ladies. I'd, I'd love for you to listen to this. When you go to register for, if you need training ground, which is childcare, it's also called kids ministry, all three, same thing. If you go to register for that, um, we ask that you do not hold a spot for both events. If you're going to register, you're like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know which one I can go to. So I'll just register for both. Um, we ask that you don't do that because that actually keeps people from coming. So um, pick one event that you're going to register for and um, go to that one. And if for some reason you can't make the Dallas one, like your kid gets sick or something comes up that's important, 
then you can go on and you can say, hey, can I switch my, my child's attendance to the next one? And they'll try to accommodate you if there's space. And so please, please hear me say, um, go to either event, but only register your kids up front for one of them. It's really important. Um, that being said, um, we understand that it can be challenging to, to get a kids ministry spot for your precious little ones because our kids ministry program is amazing. They're not just down there um, watching TV. Those workers are involved. They're discipling them. They're loving them. They're playing games. They're singing songs and learning stories and doing crafts. And, and so we have a really high caliber level of individual shepherding our children down there, um, which is why a lot of people love to come to these things because so they feel safe with their kids down there. Um, that being said, we also know it's really hard sometimes to get your kids in. And so we're doing our best to make it easy for you to get your kids in. So just thanks for being patient with us couple things we've done is we started Plano and uh, the nest at Plano, but then also registration, this is real important, is going to open three Mondays in advance. So when you look at your postcard and you see the event date, count back three Mondays, and that's when it's going to open for the public to register. Um, If you want a reminder, because you just don't trust yourself to remember that, you need to go here and sign up for the nest e-newsletter, and you will get a reminder the Monday it opens. Um, so I would, I would mark that down, write it down if you need to. Um, yeah, so that's it for announcements today. Um, the folks that are in green shirts, those are our, our table leaders and our leadership team. And so if you have any additional questions, please, please look to them and ask them some questions if you have them. Um, okay, so we're going to get started. I'm super pumped about this ministry. It's a huge passion of mine. Um, I've been volunteering here for seven years. And um, as I was reflecting on in our team was meeting and we go on a retreat and we spend countless hours planning these events. Um, As we were spending time and just reflecting on all of this, like the Lord was really sweet to remind me of some of the things that I've learned at The Nest. And specifically, I have to share a couple of stories because I think that hopefully you'll be encouraged by them. Um, This summer, I have three kids. I didn't mention that. I have a second grade boy who's seven, a kindergarten little girl who's five, and then a a two-year-old little boy um, who is, you know, preschool. He's here downstairs. And um, this summer, I don't remember if it was breakfast or lunch, but we're in the kitchen, you know, where you spend all your time. It's like 70% of my day, I feel like, is at my kitchen table and my sink in that area. And we're in there, and I w- my back was to the kids, and they were at the table, and I was preparing something. And I heard my oldest son say, Callie, um, which, which do you think is worse, the F word or the S word? And I was like, my back was to them, and I was like, deep breath. <laughs> oh, okay. And, um, and I turned around, and he goes, Mom, which one do you think is worse, the F word or the S word? And I was like, interesting. Um, and he goes, no, 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 not the F word, the B word. And I was like, oh, good. This is great. This is even better. And, um, and I go, well, what, um, what, what do you mean by that? What, what, what is the S word and the B word? And he's like, looks at me like, can I say that? I'm like, it's cool, buddy. It's just us. It's fine. It's safe. What, what is it? And he looks at me and he's like, stupid. I was like, okay, good. Got that. And I go, what about the B word? And he's like, but. I go, okay. Now I know what I'm playing with, you know? And so honestly, I learned through an event at the nest, like not to freak out in that moment. I learned not to just start lecturing immediately. I learned to ask a lot of questions because often we put our, our adult mindset on a little child's question. And so we read way into that and we don't even, they don't even really know sometimes what they're asking. And so I learned at the nest what to do with that. And so of course I ended up saying, well, 
I would say stupid's the worst there because that's a word that would make someone feel really badly. But butt is just an, an unglamorous way of talking about, you know, your high knee or your bottom. And so that's what I would say. And they laughed and we moved on. And then um, another thing I've learned through the nest, um, through attending these events, is just what to say yes to. I feel like um, I worked before having kids and... Um, and frankly, I was really good at what I did, or at least that's what my boss told me. And, and people would tell me like, hey, thank you. And they would, they would honor and reward and they would recognize the things that I did. And it made me feel really valued and really accomplished. And you go to college and you get additional or additional training and you're preparing for this career. And then all of a sudden you have a child and And my first, and I went back to work part-time, and that failed miserably, and then eventually was able to stay home full-time, and I did. And and here I am, raising a life, and I'm clueless. Like, I had an amazing mom. Like, she was Susie Homemaker, Betty Crocker, like, amazing. But I still am just like, you get all this training for your career path, and you get very little for raising a child, which is a human, right? It's important. And I just remember being like, even with an excellent mother, I was kind of lost, and so I wandered my way into, it used to be called Building Blocks, and all, y'all, I just was drinking from a fountain. Like, I loved the content, the, the material, and, and anyways, and through all of just what I've learned over the years, like, I've learned that the things I used to say yes to back when I had one, no children, or one child, or two child children, um, I, I can't necessarily do now with three And so I learned through the NAS what I can say yes to and what's best for my family might not be what's best for your family and what's best for your family might look different for the person next to you. And I learned to stop looking at everybody else and what they're doing and how they're raising their kids and their parenting and their yeses. And I learned um, to figure out what was best for my family and to stop comparing myself. I learned through the NAS... that when my kids are just amazing, when my kids make really good choices, when they, um, they do really well at things, that it is not, my value cannot be found in that. Likewise, when my kids embarrass me, when they make poor choices, I cannot find my value in that. Um, it's my responsibility, yes, to train them and raise them, but my value cannot be wrapped into these little people and the choices that they make. In fact, I was at, um, there's a precious ministry, preschool ministry called Hands and Feet. Anybody participate in that? Know what I'm talking about? Raise your hands proudly. Um, Hands and Feet, it's a great preschool ministry. If you don't know about it, look it up. Hands and Feet Service Projects on Facebook. And it's a ministry you can go to that it's, it's people in this room lead it. Um, and you can go to this thing and they set up service projects for you to do with your preschoolers. And so they're really, it's catered to them. Well, I go to this one event and, um, and all three, it's summer, so all three of my kids are with me and we're making these teacher gift bags for, um, teachers going back to school that are working in a school that's a title one school that's just in need. And, um, and I'm real involved with that school. I'm real involved with that project. So this was like specially dear to my heart. Well, I get there, and my second grader decided he did not want to serve anybody that day. He was not in the mood. And so he proceeded to sit on the floor and pout. My middle little one loved it, so she was super involved and super excited and loved everything about it. And then my sweet little precious angel two-year-old, he's into it, but he's kind of in the babies right now because he's no longer one, I think. And, um, and at one point, he walked over to a little, probably six, nine months, not walking, but sitting up, little baby on the floor. And he picks him up, or her up, I don't remember, and um, picks, 
little baby up. And he's, you know, doing this number. And I'm like, no, 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 buddy. No, no, put, her, put him down. And what does he do? Drop thud. I was like so embarrassed. I felt terrible. Of course, I'm worried about that little one, that mom. I'm like, I'm so, if you're in the room, I'm so sorry. And thankfully, this was a second child. She's like, eh, it's happened before. Like, she kind of understood. But y'all, I was so embarrassed. And like, my kids were wheels off that day. And I knew like almost everyone in the room. And I'm like, okay, well, this is real life, y'all. Like, just because I'm involved with the nest and I'm a leader there, like, my kids aren't perfect. And they're not... Um, They're not perfect. And I have to know in that moment, I guess I need to parent my children through that. But my value is not found in how my child behaves. Likewise, when my kids knock it out of the park and they are just doing what they're supposed to be doing, my value is not in that. I am proud of them that they're making good choices, but it's not... It's not my, my value's not there. And so the nest has taught me that. And so I hope today I share those stories with you and make you laugh and to make you realize that we're all real here. Um, but I hope that you walk away today encouraged. I hope you walk away hearing something you haven't heard before and that you're going to go home and go, man, I'm going to implement that with my family because I think that would really help us in X, Y, or Z area. My, my, my non-hope, my thing I hope you don't do is you don't walk away going, man, I'm really not doing a good job at all these things. And you spiral into a place of feeling just not guilt and shame and, and just not good things. Like, I hope you don't do that. I hope you go, also, I hope you don't go away going, okay, I have to do these 18 things so my kids turn out right. I don't want you to do that either because that's not in our control how they turn out. But it is in our control to be good stewards of what we've been given, um, to know God's word, to teach God's word, to know what God would have us do, and, and then to do that faithfully and know that there is grace and mercy and that abounds when we make mistakes, um, but to still trudge forward in a path um, that we would train up a child in the way that they would go, as the Proverbs say. And so anyways, I hope you, I'm so excited you're here. If you can't tell, I'm very excited you're here. And um, I'm excited that Mandy Cisco is going to talk to us today about our theme for the year. Um, we speak, uh, we spend lots and lots of times de- time determining topics and speakers. And um, we have heard you loud and clear of the things that you want to hear about. And so I think you're going to be really encouraged this year with the eight sessions we have ahead of us. Um, and today, Mandy Cisco is going to talk to us about... Um, about our theme and why we're going to reclaim this year's um, things to the Lord. And so, Mandy, would you, are you going to introduce your children and yourself? Because I would love to. Okay. Well, I'll let you know. Come on up. Uh, Mandy's a dear, dear friend of mine. She's a faithful woman. Um, she's someone that I look up to and I go to um, for guidance and counsel when I need it. And so I'm excited that y'all are blessed to hear from her today. So let's get started. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Allison. I appreciate it. Um, So how many people brought their real mugs today so that we could pretend like we're in my living room? Remember my rule, you're in my living room. If you weren't here last time I talked, I don't like the stage at all. So I'm going to be awkward when I hold things and move. Um, But I like to pretend like you're just in my living room and we're hanging out having a cup of coffee. So um, go back and get more food and make yourselves cozy. I was laughing when Allison was talking because there was still so much talking in the crowd. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time we've come back. So everybody has so much that they want to say and so much that y'all want to share with each other. And isn't it fun to drop big kiddos off downstairs and get together as women and eat good food and drink good coffee 
and just talk about the Lord and what he's doing in our lives. And it's been a really long break. I feel like it's been long this summer to not be together and not meeting together in this way. So it's really special that we get to come back and kick this year off. I still see years as school years. Um, I don't know how many of you guys do. When your kids enter school, then you just start seeing them that way again. And so I'm like, this is a new, fresh year. And I am excited to talk to y'all. I am going to pray real quick, and then I will introduce my family and talk a little bit more. Father, thank you so much for for this day, Lord. Thank you for Fridays. I get really excited about Fridays, Lord, and time with my family on the weekends and um, just a little bit more relaxed pace, Father. And so I thank you for the nest. I thank you for um, the women that are here, the families that they represent. Lord, everyone came in with different stories, different struggles, different praises on their hearts. and um, But we're going to sit here with one thing in common, and that's you, Lord. And so would you please um, just use your word to refresh our hearts today so that we can um, just kind of be the women that you desire for us to be, Father, for us to live the lives that you want so desperately to see us live. And um, just bless this time, Father, and um, be with each of these table groups as we get to talk about what's going on in our lives. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, you guys. So my name's Mandy. I get to be the equipping coordinator for The Nest, which is just a big fancy title for we made it up so that you can hang out with us kind of a thing. And I can hang out with y'all. Um, <laughs> I, talk, I think it's a big title for I talk a lot. Um, but you'll see my name on Facebook a lot. We're trying to revamp Facebook and make it look, make it really um, a place where you can come for guidance and for wisdom and for encouragement. And, um, and so that's what we've been doing lately. And I've got a little team of women that um, have served really well this summer to make that um, a safe place for you to come and air questions and, and look for wisdom in good places. Um, I brought some pictures of my family. I introduced them last time. But for those that don't know, these are my four kiddos. Allie on the far left is our oldest. And um, Caleb is the second blondie there. He, it, he, I got pregnant with him when Allie was three months old. So he's my, I like, he's like my shocker kid. Shock. We just got her sleeping through the night. Here we go again. Round two. And um, Riley is the one on the far right. And then Griffin is our little caboose. He was also our shocker kid. Another shocker. My blondes are surprises. So that's how I like to say that. Um, if they're brunette, we kind of thought, thought about it and planned that out. And if they're blonde, it was like, what say what? Okay. Um, and then I'm married to a really awesome guy, Lance. And um, our most... Um, frequent picture that I had of us was us at the beach. So be very jealous because it was really fun. And we went there this summer and um, got to have a little vacation. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about in a little bit. But Lance does, he just switched and now he's doing merge here at Watermark. So we get to hang out with pre-married couples and they like to keep us young. So, um, but these people in my life bring lots of life and lots of joy and lots of fun, and also lots of refinement. Lots and lots and lots of refinement. Um, Can I get an amen? Um, I feel like I have a fabulous husband and wonderful, energetic kids, but most days, it's a refine, those are refining relationships for me, for sure. Um, In fact, the theme is kind of funny, because I feel like since the start of school, which was about three weeks ago, um, I've had lots of moments where I've thought, well, just going to reclaim that. 
that's what I'm going to do with that. I'm going to reclaim it. And so I just keep thinking about our theme and using it in kind of funny ways. I'm going to share those funny ways with you. Um, I was thinking this morning when I was getting ready in a really filthy bathroom, well, how many of you guys need to reclaim your bathroom? <laughs> hmm? It's gross. Mine is gross. I feel like my bathroom's always the one that doesn't get clean because nobody goes back there. Nobody has to see that filth. Um, but I was laughing drying my hair because I was like, oh, that's a good one. We're going to reclaim this bathroom today. Um, but uh, I brought a picture of this too. We have, um, I went out of town last weekend. And since I was going out of town, I was like, oh, I'll just leave like a little casserole for them to have for dinner. I'm not a huge casserole person, but I asked Lance what he wanted. And he requested King Ranch Chicken Casserole. And I was like, well, okay. So I made it. I prepared it. I stuck it in the fridge. And 10 minutes before I was about to leave, I had the realization that I never put chicken in the King Ranch Chicken Casserole. It was literally tortillas and sauce. Gross. So you better believe I reclaimed that casserole. I'm sticking that chicken down in there, throwing it all in there, and then I just sprinkled cheese on top. Nobody's got no. Nobody's got no. Um, just this week on Tuesday, I had three kids that had three practices on th- at three different places. And all at the same time. And so when they got home from school, I was like, everybody sit down. Here's some snack. We have to get homework done now. Like there's no, I couldn't help one person at a time because we have somewhere we've got to be. At some point, one of them, each of them cried at some point during that 45 minutes of going through homework and rounding numbers and spelling and read this for fluency and time it for a minute. I was craziness. And then the real moment came when I realized I've not seen my four-year-old this whole time. And I found him emptying all of our toothpaste containers into one sink. So that was my moment where I said, we're going to reclaim Tuesday. We're reclaiming this. Um, Another one, I made some monster. Oh, this picture. The reason I included this picture is because while I was cleaning up the toothpaste, my boys were taking these pictures on my phone instead of doing their homework. So I came back and I was like, this is how you're using your time. Anyhow, the next picture, I made some monster cupcakes, which ended up turning out pretty cute, but I made them the next morning I woke up and the black in the eyes had bled into the white of the eyes and they look molded. And I was like, nobody wants to eat a monster cupcake with molded looking eyes. This is disgusting. And so frantically pulling off 48 eyeballs and having to redo them all was my moment of total, I got to reclaim the eyeballs. And the last one that I had to share was um, the tooth fairy. I reclaimed the tooth fairy job. Um, I did not realize this, but apparently around the age of 10, they lose a whole nother set of teeth. And so my oldest, who hasn't been visited by the tooth fairy in ages, has lost three teeth in two weeks. And, um, and I think I was just kind of over it. So this particular morning, I was like, oh, geez, I forgot to put anything out there again. And this was my way of reclaiming the tooth fairy job. I was like, hey, I like your tooth. I usually keep them. You can keep this one for a little bit. Here's your dollar. <laughs> um, if you ever forget to be the tooth fairy and you do that in your family, I have done all sorts of things. I have even changed my husband's number or what his name that's saved in my phone to Tooth Fairy, and then texted from his phone to my phone, I totally didn't make it last night, but you can find your dollar hidden in the whatever. (laughs) There are ways to reclaim what you forget. So 
Um, you'll, you'll thank me for that one later. Somebody's going to use it. It's good. Um, but in all seriousness, we do want to dive really deep into this theme. And I'm very excited to get to share with you guys um, just what the Lord's been putting on my heart when it has to do with this. A lot of people are like, what are you, what are you talking on today? What are we reclaiming? What's going to be happening? And, um, and I, there is no specific topic for today. This is, today is all about us sharing our vision and our heart for why we picked this theme and hopefully setting you up for, the, for all the talks to come on what we're um, hoping for you to reclaim in the coming months. And um, we want y'all to be able to reclaim your patterns and your pitfalls. And so today is just kind of setting you up for that. First, I have a small disclaimer because I feel like it needs to be said and it's important. If you are sitting in here and the things that I share, or maybe even the things that are shared at your table are confusing to you, if you don't understand um, some of the things that are being said, then I want you to speak up. I want you to ask somebody more questions. There's a table leader at every table. There are some leadership people in green shirts. There are mentor moms here. I would love to speak to you. I want you to feel comfortable enough to go, this didn't make sense and I don't understand. And I say that because you can't reclaim something unless you recognize that it's lost or broken or forgotten. And if you haven't come to know Jesus as your personal savior, then you might not recognize anything in your life as being lost or forgotten. And so there could be some things that we share today that just don't make sense. And the reason I I use that disclaimer is because there was a woman who walked into a Bible study way smaller than this one. It was just a living, you know, at someone's home, a living room Bible study. She walked in with a handful of people and they all sat down, much like you are around your tables with their food and coffee. And the leader said, let's all go around and share how we have come to know Jesus as our personal Savior. And she had a slight panic moment because she never had, and she didn't even know what that meant. And um, go, around the, go around the circle, and she decided, I'm just going to say what everybody else has kind of said. And she just kind of fabricated a story and, and shared something. And then when the Bible study was over, she went up to the leader and she said, I have to tell you, I made all of that up. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. And, um, and that was the beginning of her coming to know Jesus and, and coming, um, be, getting that great gift of new life that Christ promises us in his word. And that woman was my mom. And, um, and that, that began a legacy for our family that is still continuing today. And so it's very, um, It's very sensitive. My heart is very sensitive to people who walk in a room and go, what are y'all talking about? I don't understand and I don't get it. And so please reach out to somebody sitting around you because we would love to share our story of faith and where the Lord has brought us from with you as well. For those of us that are believers in this amazing love that I'm talking about, we're already claimed. There's no re in it. That's not what the reclaimed is for. It's not because you've been lost or forgotten because you haven't. Um, there's no re-necessary when it comes to salvation. I love, um, Todd Wagner said just a couple of weeks ago, our pastor here, he said, we are saved by grace alone, but the grace that saves is never alone. And I was like, that's it. That's exactly right. We're going to get down to business this year, and we're going to make a lot of ground and claim back a lot of things in our own lives because we want our lives to look different. We want um, to carry ourselves differently. We want the way that we parent to look different from others in the world. We want the way that we interact with people to, to look different because it is different. 
because we want it to point to that saving grace of Christ. And so although nothing that I'm going to talk about today is going to make us more saved, what it's going to do is it's going to deepen our walk with our Savior, and it's going to illuminate our lives so that others look at us and go, wow, who is that Christ that you have in your life? Because I want that too. All right? So that's that. We're going to um, start with 2 Corinthians 5.17. Um, if anybody's done an ED course, you have this memorized and should say it with me in unison. I'm kidding. Um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Galatians 5.1 is similar. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And these verses are excellent because they remind us that we have new life that we don't have to live the old life that we had before Christ because we've been given new life. But so often we kind of chain ourselves to our old patterns and our old pitfalls and that old life, and we drag it around with us all the time. And that isn't the life that Christ has for us. That's why he says it is for freedom so that you can leave it behind. You don't need it anymore. I promised you I'd talk a little bit more about my beach trip so I could um, brag just because it was so fun. Um, we took a trip to the beach when my kids were little. They were all um, four and under, and I was pregnant with Griffin at the time. And I thought it was kind of fun and a lot of work. And then this trip was really fun. So if you have really littles, like it gets better. It gets a lot, lot better. Um, if you ask my children their favorite part of our beach trip, they would say boogie boarding. Uh, Riley would not say it was getting stung by sting, uh, little stingrays or jellyfish, not stingrays, jellyfish. Um, that wasn't fun. But if you ask Lance and I, I think our favorite, I lost my thing. I think our favorite part of that trip was um, our walk on the beach one evening. We ate dinner and then we decided instead of, um, struggling here. Okay. And then we decided that after dinner, we would go walk on the beach. And it was so nice just to watch the sun go down and to let the kids run ahead of us. And um, we found lots of fun things. And one of the things that we found, I brought a picture of it, were these little um, almost see-through crabs. You, you might not even be able to see it in his hand. It's just barely right up there by his fingertips. They were teeny tiny, and they were really hard to catch. The boys had a blast trying to catch those crabs. I think they're called crabs. They look like crabs. I don't know. I don't know much about beach life. Um, but they want to take that little guy home. And um, I convinced them that that was a really poor idea. And then I said, tell you what, when we get home, I will kind of look into hermit crabs. Maybe we can get a hermit crab. Well, you would have thought it was Christmas Day because Cisco's don't have pets. I got enough kids to take care of. We don't have a dog. We will never own a cat. And we definitely don't even have a fish. Um, so they got really excited about the idea of a hermit crab and almost wouldn't let me just survive the first week of school they, every day. Have you, got, have you gotten the hermit crab? Have you looked into the hermit crab? Um, so finally this week was hermit crab week and we went and bought us a hermit crab. And there's Allie holding him. He's really shy. Can hardly ever get him outside of his shell. Um, but we named him Mr. Jiggles. I, it's a long story. I'll tell you later. Um, sometimes we call him Dr. Jiggles, but anyhow... Um, the kids said, we should just call him Jiggles, and then when he gets a little older, Mr., and then when he gets a little older, Doctor. I thought that was really funny, their perspective on, like, you know, surnames. Um, but the Lord, the reason I share all this with you is because the Lord is using this 
to kind of give me a good picture. I love pictures, word pictures, of what, um, of what we're talking about this whole year for the nest. So I did a little research on hermit crabs, still don't know a lot, hoping not to kill Dr. Jiggles in the first week that he's here. Um, but what I did learn, I knew they switch shells as they get old, uh, as they grow a little bit bigger, they'll molt one shell and then they'll go and crawl into another shell. What I didn't know is that a majority of hermit crabs, when they crawl into their new shell, will hold on to their old shell because they're just checking it out. They're checking out that new shell. They might not stay in it and they might want to go back in their old shell. And so they will cling to it. And I have a picture to show you what I mean. This hermit crab He's in his new shell, but do you see him holding on to his old shell that he came out of? Um, Anyhow, I thought that was really interesting, and I thought, don't we do that so often? We've been given new life with full freedom. It says it in God's word, but we cling tightly to the old self um, just in case we might need to sneak back over a certain situation, a certain circumstance, something we're uncomfortable with. Mm, Maybe I'll just want to revert back to old patterns and things that I did in my old life. But Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. It's corrupt and it's deceitful desires and be renewed by the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. It says it right there in Ephesians. Those hermit crabs are sinners, okay? They don't know how to put off the old self. It says, be renewed by the Spirit and put on that new self and reject that old self. That's a lot what we're going to talk about today. The definition of reclaimed is to demand the restoration or return of, to claim it back. Or number two, to require or deserve again, which I'm going to take to mean it needs some attention. This is an area that needs some attention in my life. Or number three, to bring into or return to suitable condition for use. So what are the areas of your life that need to be restored to their original condition when you were new in Christ? What things require your attention and your action? What would God like to see you claim back for his glory? This year, we're going to assess a few of those areas that we thought a lot of moms struggle in and might want a little bit of help. We're going to tackle some things that might get forgotten, misused, or even deserted altogether. And we're going to claim them back for his great name. We're going to give them the attention they deserve. And we're going to watch uh, as God unleashes. I love it. it says suitable condition, but God isn't about just making it suitable. He makes it beautiful. And I'm really excited to watch how he does that in our lives this year. Here's the hang up, y'all. This is me being honest. If I were going to go, okay, I'm going to reclaim some areas for my life. I'm going to get to business. I'm going to really take care of things. This is what Mandy would do. I would examine things that only had immediate concern. Okay, what's immediate? What really needs attention? That's the only thing I'm going to deal with. Because let's be practical. I'm busy and I don't have time for all that mess. You know? I'm just telling you. I'm being honest what Mandy would be thinking if she wanted to reclaim some things. And I might feel the pressure to perform. And then I might get really weirded out by it all and just cop out altogether and not deal with any of it. Um, I might have the desire to accomplish things in order to just please people. I'm not doing it because I want to grow in my relationship. I'm not doing it because it would honor the Lord. I just kind of want to please the people around me. My ego might rise up, and it would be pretty ugly. Uh, I would probably get in a hurry and just want to get the show on the road. Like, okay, let's reclaim it. Done. Super. And I would miss out on what the Lord had for me. That's me. That's 
Mandy's human side. That's my nature and how I would deal with it. But the Lord would deal with me differently, and he would deal with you differently as well. I think in order to be successful in reclaiming areas of our lives, we need two things, and it's not real difficult. We have to be willing, and then he does the work. And it's just that simple. And I feel like a lot of times we overcomplicate things and we get really wrapped up in what I have to do and what we need to do and how we need to make it happen. And that's not what his word says. His word gives us lots of freedom to take a deep breath and go, I am a willing participant. I am willing to grow in these areas. What would you show me for this year? And before Israel was ready to face all of their enemies, and there were lots of enemies, if you go back and read through the Old Testament, it was attack after attack, conquer after conquer. There were tons of enemies there, Um, but they needed those things too. They needed preparation of their heart and they needed a willingness to submit to God's plan. And that's kind of what I'm asking of you guys today and asking of myself. Um, In order to fully release those old selves, to not cling to that hermit crab shell anymore and to dive headlong, we need this guidance too, the same guidance, a preparation of our heart and a willing spirit. And the Lord's been really faithful to let me see how this could play out for myself. And I'm hoping that you'll see it for yourself too in the book of Joshua. And we're going to kind of camp out there the whole rest of the time. Um, I told some of the volunteers that um, I used to really be in love with Nehemiah. If you've never read the book of Nehemiah, it's a fabulous book and like totally scribbled all over in my Bible because I love that book. And this summer, Joshua has taken Nehemiah's place, bless his heart. He's my new boyfriend. Um, because, but, and what the thing is, is both those men were great leaders. They loved the Lord and they were willing to do what he asked. And so I think that's what I really admire about them. But Joshua actually means Yahweh saves. And it's a historical account of conquest. The entire book from start to finish is all about conquest. And we get a front row seat to see how the Israelites were claiming back areas that God had already promised them. So they were already promised and the Lord said, go and take them. And they went and they took them. And that's what we got a front. That's what we get a front row seat to. If you read through the book of Joshua, I used to think that the Israelites entering the promised land was like what Joshua was was all about. Like that, that's it. That's the climax, right? That's the big thing. And then I realized that's chapter three and there's so much more after that. So that can't be the big picture of Joshua. If we look at the whole thing. And in fact, About midway through in um, Joshua chapter 13, um, it says, When Joshua was was old and well advanced in years, the Lord said to him, You are very old, and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. And I feel like God is whispering that to me. I'll speak for myself. You guys are all looking so young today, you know. Um, But we're getting old. But that doesn't mean that we've reached where we need to be. We are not done yet. We still have areas that need to be um, attacked and areas that we could grow in. Um, Our story isn't over. We aren't even close. We aren't even close. It's not time to stop. We have to keep looking at these areas and see what he would have us do. Um, Joshua knew that the Israelites couldn't do this alone, and we can't do these things alone either. We need the Lord. We need his blessing. We need his guidance. And so he brings all the Israelites together, and he tells them to do two things. This is mostly in chapters 21 through 24. I'm going to kind of jump all over because I'm giving you a synopsis today. I hope you'll go back and read it. It's really interesting. But he tells the Israelites to do two things, to look back 
and then serve the Lord without reservation. That's kind of it. It was a really simple um, sermon, per se, that he gave them that day. Look back, look forward. And that's what we're going to do today. I um, had them give you these little pieces of paper today, right here. Um, and I want you to take those with you, and I want you to use them, because in Joshua 21:45 it says, not one of all the good promises God gave you has failed. And just in case they questioned it, there's all of chapter 24. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to kind of bounce around. I want to encourage you to either today or tomorrow or right now, circle all the eyes in chapter 24 because it's covered in eyes and it's the Lord that's speaking. And if I'm going to just bounce through, it's, I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river. I led him through Canaan. I gave him Isaac. I gave Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. I assigned the hill country. I sent Moses and Aaron. I afflicted the Egyptians. I brought your fathers out of Egypt. I brought you to the land of the Amorites. I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them. I wouldn't listen to Balaam. I delivered you out of his hands. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I gave you the land on which you did not toil and the cities in which you did not build. I, 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 I. I wish <laughs> that I would open my mailbox today and there would be a chapter 24 in there that the Lord was like, Mandy, I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this, and this, and this, and this, and this. That was all me. I did all of that. That isn't likely to happen. So, enter page. I want us to record the things that the Lord is doing in our lives. I want us to be able to have a list that when we are marching forward this year, we can look at this and go, he did this, and he did this, and then he did this, and then he did this. In our family, it's not necessarily a piece of paper, but we write on rocks in our family. And we, do, now that my kids are old enough and they're into it, they write some pretty crazy stuff on these rocks. And I have to go, oh, yes, the Lord did let that cat walk by at that moment so you could pet him. You know, <laughs> let's write that on a rock. Um, but they see things like that and things that are important to them, which is kind of fun. But we keep, our, um, we keep our rocks in a jar and we add to them and the kids pull them out and they'll put them in order and they'll go, oh, this, and then he did this, and then he moved us here and he gave daddy this job. And then um, I broke my arm here, but it got fixed. And then I started kindergarten and I got the teacher that I wanted. And I, and I, and some of them aren't even good. Some of them are like, this happened, but I survived it. You know, the Lord was faithful to bring me through that, that tough time. So there's a whole myriad of different things in there that we like to go through. So whether it's a rock or a list, I want to encourage you to look back, see where the Lord has been faithful in your life, because then it helps you to march forward and it gives you a hope for where you're headed. And let's see, God was so faithful and that chat, when I read that chapter 24, I think that's what he's doing in my life. I have to believe that. And I have to know that. And then I'm reminded by Hebrews 13, eight, that it tells me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and always that same God, his character hasn't changed. The same God that was faithful to them is the same God that's faithful to me, the same God that's faithful to you. So hang on to that. Um, if we move on in chapter 24, verse 14, it says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. So this is the step two. Look back, step one. Step two is to serve the Lord with all faithfulness. In some versions, it says without reservation, which I love. 
I love that. And I'm going to hang on to those words that I need to be serving the Lord without reservation. But if I haven't looked back and seen how he's faithful, I'm going to have some reservation. I'm not going to know. I'm not going to be confident. Um, chapter, uh, that was verse 14, 14b and 15, he gets really specific with them. He gives them some options. Like, here are some people that you could follow. Here are some idols, some other gods that you could follow. And this is exactly what it says. It says, throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are currently living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. When I first read it, I just kind of hopped over it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either serve them or serve the Lord. Yes, I'll serve the Lord. But then I started looking a little bit more closely at who he listed as options, and it was kind of eye-opening. So first he says, the gods of your forefathers. That's our heritage. Those are the patterns that we have picked up or the things that we do just because that's what we know. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that I did that weren't the right things to do. They aren't the truth that God's given me, but my insecurities and habit of just this is how it is, this is what it is for me, lead me back there. And it was good to be reminded that I'm not to worship or to follow the idols or the gods of my heritage just because it's my heritage and because it's what I know. So we want to examine some of those areas of our lives. What are some things that we're doing, especially in our parenting? I think it's easy to do that. I parent this way because that's how I was parented. But is it what the Lord wants you to do? Is it what he wants? We want to follow something just because it's what we know. The second one that he says is Egypt's God. That's when they were in captivity. That's when they were slaves. So that made me think about my life previous to Christ or a sin that held me in bondage. I am not going to go back to those things. That was captivity. That was before Christ. I have a newfound life and there's no life there. So think about some of the sin struggles that hold you captive or think about your life and your patterns and your ways of doing things before you came to know Christ. Are those easy to hop back over and to go back over to that way of life? Because those are, that's kind of what Egypt's gods are, are the gods of our captivity. The um, next area that he lists are the Canaanites, and that's who they're currently living with right then. So we're talking society and culture. And this is a big one because it's easy to just do what everybody else in the neighborhood is doing. It's easy to just do what all of our friends are doing or what those women at, when those women at work talk about their husbands badly. It's just what we do. It's easy to kind of um, blend in with the culture and the society around us, but it's not following the one true God. Joshua makes it really clear because then he says, but as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And that's the fourth option, truth and God's word and what the Lord would have you to do. Um. The next thing we see Joshua do is take a large stone and set it up near the holy place. And in verse 27, he tells the people, this stone will be a witness against you. It has heard all that the Lord has said, and it will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. And I don't know if any of you had a chance yet or not, but there are stones on your tables. There should be one for each of you, and there's Sharpies in your jar. Really encourage you to write the word reclaim on it and take it with you today. And put it somewhere in your home where you're going to see it often and you're going to be reminded, okay, am I marching on without reservation 
Am I leading my life without reservation serving the Lord in every area? And what areas do I need to be examining? And what areas do I need to be reclaiming? Because there's more important things than reclaiming our bathroom. Amen? Um, so th- there are some things that I think the Lord is going to challenge us on this year. And I want you to have a reminder. I want you to have something that you look at often. It's my hope, and I actually prayed <laughs> over these rocks, that, Lord, would you use these rocks to give us a gentle reminder when we are starting to follow some of these other gods that you do not want us um, to mix allegiances with. I want y'all to have your eyes wide open. I want myself to have eyes wide open this year because I think there's some areas that the Lord wants to challenge me on that it's kind of easy to breeze over and not think about. Um, But he wants us to reclaim those areas. Specifically, when it comes to safety, success, and health for ourselves or our kids, sometimes we panic and we want to switch shells. Not anymore. This year we're going to reclaim trust. Society shouts at us that we're not normal. We don't do it the right way. We play self-damaging records in our minds. We think we're going to mess up our kids by making poor choices, and it's a slow crawl back to that hermit shell. But we're going to reclaim what discipline means in our home. Insecurity, self-esteem, body image grip, grip us at the old life. Not anymore. Reclaim identity. We're immersed in a digital world of comparison that leaves us feeling discontent with the life that God has given us. We think that maybe a shell change might be necessary. Let's not do that. Let's reclaim contentment. High and unmet expectations create a sense that we aren't measuring up in the day-to-day. But what if our reality just needs a little adjusting so that we can live fully abandoned as our lives as mamas? We're going to reclaim the reality of our days. Society has a different idea of not only how to teach our kids about sex, but the value in it. And we want to refuse a shell change in this area. We're going to reclaim sex ed for our children and a whole generation of Christ followers that will make this world different just by having a different perspective in this area. It's easy to allow responsibilities of mommy to overshadow the importance of loving our men well. Let's give this area some much-needed attention and reclaim our roles as wives. Our endless to-do lists and our desire for approval suck all the fun out of ourselves and therefore create damaging effects on our families. No more, because this year we're reclaiming the fun factor in our lives. I hope that I've given you just a taste of what we're going to be doing on Friday mornings here and throughout all of this year. Um, We want the nest to be a place that you're excited to come, excited to be with other moms, excited to chit-chat and compare stories and gain wisdom. But we also want your hearts to leave feeling challenged and encouraged. And so this is the year where we're really going to dive deep and challenge us on some areas that might feel uncomfortable at times. But I think it's what the Lord would have us to do for this year. I'm going to pray for us. Father, thank you so much for um, just the ideas that you've planted um, in the leadership team's minds on reclaiming things, Lord. And I'm excited for the speakers that are coming this year and how you're already preparing their hearts. And I've heard the different things that they're um, thinking they want to share and the things that you're putting in their minds and on their hearts, Lord. And just get me really excited to see what you're going to do with this information and how you're going to challenge us and just rise up a generation of moms that are in love with you and not in love with our old patterns and our old 
pitfalls, Lord. May we be women that release our old life. We don't need to cling to it anymore. We don't need it because we're ready to march on and serve you without reservation. Father, we love you so much. May you challenge and encourage and, and, um, and just be our guide as we march forward this year. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen.